12-Step Buddhist Podcast, Episode 27, A Multitude of Teachings. The categories of teachings are endless. The entrance doors to the vehicles are innumerable. The words to be explained are extensive. Even if you succeed in memorizing millions of volumes of Dharma scriptures, unless you are able to practice the essential meaning, you can never be sure that they will help you at the moment of death. And even if your education in studies and reflections is boundless, unless you succeed in being in harmony with the Dharma, you will not tame your enemy negative emotions. Even if you succeed in being the owner of a trillion worlds, unless you can curtail your plans from within with the feeling that nothing more is needed, you will never know contentment. Unless you prepare yourself with the attitude that your death could happen at any time, you cannot achieve the great aim that is surely needed at the time of death. You can Google this. It's a translation by Eric Pema Kunsong, who's an awesome translator, been around a long time. Uh, Long Chenpa's final instruction, the formal title, Mirror to Reflect the Most Essential, Long Chen Rabjom's The Final Instruction on the Ultimate Meaning. And uh, when it comes to Dzogchen, or when it comes to anything, I would rather read Long Chenpa than anybody else. I have my teacher who's alive, Alon Chempa. It's from, the, I think, around the 1400s or so. Quite a story behind Alon Chempa, if you look into that. There's actually, I think, a book on his, uh, on his biography. So, I do a class that's really hot and really hard over at Core Power, the Hot Power Fusion class, if anybody's ever done it. It's like a combination of Bikram and a Vinyasa class. So. It's about 104 to 110 degrees, and we hold a lot of static poses. And there's something that occurs to me, and I've always, it always happens, but I never really talk about it. This is something that happens in yoga. Is when I'm doing standing separate leg stretching forehead to knee pose, where your feet are parallel, and your hips are back, and your legs are straight, and your palms are together in prayer mudra, elbows by the ears, Forehead to the knee must happen, otherwise the pose is not happening. So it would be called forehead not to knee pose or something ridiculous. So you have to have your forehead to your knee. When you do that, it squishes the thyroid. It gives you a better digestion. I think this has really helped me to not have acid reflux. But um, in that moment, I feel like I'm going to die. And I feel... Like, man, I just got to sip the air, just got to sip the air, just got to stay in the pose, got to keep pushing deeper. I mean, sweat is pouring off of you profusely. And in that moment, I think to myself, what if I couldn't back out of this pose? What if I didn't have the option to walk out of the room and get a, a, a breath of fresh air? What if this was my last moment? And I think, oh, man, I am going to suck at death. I'm not going to do well. I'm going to be fucking panicked. (laughs) It's 
it's going to be a shit show, right? Like, oh, you're a practitioner, right? At the moment of death, you're just a jerk like everybody else, you know? So the categories of teachings are endless. And that means that there's enough teachings for every type of being. And the entrance doors to the vehicles are innumerable, meaning that there is no moment that is not a moment when one can achieve realization. There is no moment or experience that cannot be or become or be transformed into or treated as or seen as uh, or converted to an opportunity for awakening, for liberation. Uh, the words to be explained are extensive, of course, even if you succeed at memorizing millions of volumes, unless you're able to practice the essential meaning, you can't be sure that they will help you at the moment of death. So, you know, this moment of death thing is a really big deal in Tibetan Buddhism. I did, I think, podcast number five of the 12-step Buddhist. Um, we went through a dissolution of the elements. You can check that out on iTunes. And, you know, we practice uh, dying. It's one of the profound practices in the Vajrayana. So why do we do that? Because our consciousness is going to continue. This isn't the end of the road. This is the road. This is the road. This is the path. And if we want to be on a good path next time through, or even achieve liberation of Buddha, the total liberation, the absolute realization, the uh, ultimate awakening, can happen, can happen at the time of death. Should we have those instructions? Should we have those transmissions and initiations? And should we have that, that dedication to our practice while we're alive? So if you want to know more about that, send me an email. I'll, I'll, I'll refer you. But in, in the Nyingmapa tradition, we call it POA practice, where you know, we practice ejecting the consciousness out of the top of the head. And um, you know, there are other ways of thinking about it, but there are a lot of systems around this. And and a lot of instructions on how to do it. It's the kind of thing that a yogi in deep, you know, long life retreat would work on. And they actually get holes in the top of their head doing this. It's sort of it's documented. Anyways, you know, we're talking about what are you going to do at the moment of death? It could happen at any moment. It could happen at any moment. There is no guarantee. There is no guarantee I will be here tomorrow. So if you're just like chilling and coasting and thinking, oh yeah, you know, Buddhism asks you to think again to check it because you will wreck it it's just you don't know when I mean, maybe you do if you're going to do it yourself but please don't this is not a take matters into your own hands kind of path because there's no way out of the cycle you have to do the practice and you have to study deeply and even if you have a, a boundless education and study unless you succeed in being in harmony with the Dharma you will not tame your negative emotions being in harmony with the Dharma means having the teachings and living with them. So integrating the teachings into your being, into your, into your breath, into your moment, you know. And, you know, I have PTSD, so it's kind of hard. I mean, I don't always uh, have it together. I mean, this is a path. And, uh, I mean, the other day I was crossing the street with my old dog, and this jagoff pulls up with his fucking beamer and inches up towards me, and I'm like, motherfucker. You know what I mean? I'm like in his face. I'm like screaming. And I uh, got the dog in my hands. And, you know, I mean, I wasn't going to do anything with the dog in my hands. And I probably shouldn't do anything anyways. But it's kind of like, you know, PTSD flares up. And it's like, you're trying to kill me with your vehicle. 
you're in your fucking Beamer. So, uh, I'm not going to let that happen. But if I was in harmony with the Dharma, how would I, how would I act? How would I act? How would I be? I would have like spontaneous compassion for this being, you know, um, heart open, you know, love that being who's trying to run you over and being a prick, you know, love that being like a mother loves her, her only child. So, eh. If you do not tame your enemy negative emotions and you are not in harmony with the Dharma. So, something to consider, being in recovery or even not in recovery. I think this is an interesting one. Even if you succeed in being the owner of a trillion worlds, unless you can curtail your plans, and the feeling that nothing more is needed, you will never know contentment. So, I took a lesson from a Dharma Mitra over at the Yoga Journal in San Diego a couple years ago, last year, year before last summer. And he was talking about this like Brahma, Brahman, you know, going into the like evolution of consciousness as you get closer and closer to what they call in Hin the Hindu version of it is become closer to you know, like the Supreme Godhead, you know, which is really, this is another like way of like a universal approach to a god still but it's still a creator god i mean in buddhism there's no creator god we create our karma you know um but he was talking about these like levels and layers where eventually as you evolve you become like a king of a planet <laughs> or something you know and you've got all these you know beings following you and this is sort of like infinite succession of evolution um of you know your your spiritual development so it's interesting, I thought of that when I read this from Long Chempa, the owner of a trillion worlds. It's like, you think Trump is rich? Trump, like him or not, is rich. And uh, uh, Can he feel that nothing more is needed? Obviously not. Guy still wants to be president, right? Obviously the billions aren't enough. So does he really know contentment? Doesn't seem like it. I mean, I'm not for or against, I'm just saying. And unless you prepare yourself with the attitude that your death could happen at any time, you cannot achieve the great aim that is surely needed at the time of death. Surely needed at the time of death, because the time of death is an opportunity. You know, if we, if we die with attachment, ignorance, aversion, then that is a karmic moment that will uh, send our consciousness through the bardo, the in-between state, into the bardo of death with um, um, the karmic potential you know, of our attachment. And the more attached we are, and the more you know, seeds we've sown, and the less merit we have, and so forth, says the Dharma, that's going to determine our rebirth. So, if we want to be reborn in a good spot, good condition, good situation, find the teaching, stay on the path, find a master, continue, then we got to be, got to prep. we got to prepare for that moment. Like I said, Oh, I'm not so sure. I think I might need about another 50 lifetimes, you know, to keep going on this, uh, this path. But uh, this is the path. And, you know, the idea that there, the categories of teachings are endless and that there's a multitude of teachings available. You know, I come from the position and perspective that we can use anything. And this is the way I'm taught. And it makes sense to me that we don't have to be conditioned or brainwashed by a certain thing. I got an email the other day. If you're on my email list, you know, I send out a lot of cool stuff. I'm sending, you should go to the 12stepbuddhist.com and sign up if you're not on there. You'll get a pop-up that will ask you to do it. But, um, you know, I got an email that someone said, well, Darren, don't you think that 
AA is going to be mad at you for saying things and you should read the traditions and this and that. I'm like, yo, I've been reading the traditions for 30 years, FYI, and I don't really care, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I share who I am. I'm not conditioned by it. You know, I mean, I'm trying to, you know, be sober, be clean. I've got, you know, in my 19th year. I'm trying to be a practitioner, trying to be a good yogi, trying to be a good teacher, good writer, put stuff out. Oh, speaking of which, you guys, go to Huffington Post and check out my long-form article. I, I mentioned it in the last two podcasts, The Buddha and the Secret, episode 25 and 26, um, about the Law of Attraction. So it's called How to Stay Sober with Buddhism and the Law of Attraction, and it's on the Huffington Post. I think I put it up like January 27th, but I started writing it in like November. So it's a little bit longer article, but I think you'll like it. Um, but I'm trying to put all these things out there and do these things. And, you know, there's a lot, um, there's a lot out there. I mean, I work in personal development and, you know, I'm a, I'm a like a self-help spiritual author and, you know, I'm on all these mailing lists and, you know, I read all this stuff and I'm really, you know, kind of immersed in this culture for years and years. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff out there. I don't reject any of it. I don't reject any of it. I just really want to be open to whatever. I mean, we went to the Catholic Church in Little Italy here in downtown San Diego. We went to Midnight Mass. And it's like, oh, no, me and the people there probably are not going to have a good conversation about much. True. And the priest had some things to say. And, and it was kind of, you know, could be, could be considered interesting. You know, but um, it's decent. It's fun. I try to, you know, look at it with an open mind, open heart. There's a lot of things to do. You know, I use psychotherapy as a spiritual tool. I use sitting in a 12-step meeting and trying to reach out to others as a spiritual tool. Yoga, fitness. Speaking of which, did you take my course? It's on the 12stepbuddhist.com and darrenlittlejohn.com. Get abundant energy in 10 days. It's free. You can also pick the 21-day version. It's awesome. I'm also, um, I just signed a, a contract with a publisher. We're going to put that out as an ebook uh, sometime soon, and you'll get that. But the idea that you have to be a certain thing and a certain kind of thing and wear a certain hat and have your membership card and your badge, like, I'm a Buddhist, I'm a Christian, I'm a this, I'm, you know, I'm a 12, I'm a you know, Bill and Bob, you know, okay, you know what, I get it. And I mean, this is kind of my thing with the whole refuge recovery deal. I mean, um, you know, I, I've been doing this for years. I had a meeting in Portland for five years, uh, regular 12-step booze group. I never try to create a thing like where, you know, this is like a whole movement or whatever. I'm just trying to kind of do it and share it with other people. But I'm not trying to create a system where people follow me, you know what I mean? And I think people do that, and they kind of make it rigid and make it dogmatic. Well, they say they're not dogmatic, and, but they're being dogmatic. And it's hip it's hypocritical, you know what I mean? So I, I say if you're involved in that, cool, it's good. I mean, I think it's good. Um, I, have, I have the book, you know, I mean, I know the guy and what have you. But I feel like there's just kind of like a lot of restrictions, you know what I mean? And trying to be in that restricted path is just never going to work for somebody like me. You know, so I've got to, got to be open. So I'm, I'm, it's a relief to me to hear from my teacher that, you know, the categories of teachings are endless. The entrance doors to the vehicles are innumerable. I mean, I remember uh, Eckhart Tolle, or Tolle, however you say, um, Portals into Now, one of his 
recorded retreats that I had. I, I, so, on Soul Seek, I downloaded like every retreat that he ever did. And I had like gigs of this stuff. And uh, I listened to him all the time for like a couple of years. Right before I wrote the 12 Step Buddhist, I was really into it. Because I'm in, into Zen for a long time. And it's, Zen really is about the power of now. Or it's really about now. It's not really about the power of now. But, you know, the idea that each moment is an opportunity. Each moment is a portal. And, you know, we have the, you know, we have the, like, you, know, you talk about the three chakra system or the seven chakra system or what, what have you. But there really are an infinite number of energy points around our energy body in and through. And there's an infinite number of opportunities, an infinite number of experiences. So any experience can be that entrance door, entrance door to the vehicle. The vehicle, a vehicle takes you somewhere. Well, from a Zen perspective, there's nowhere to go and no one to go there. True. But the vehicle is going to get you from here to there in terms of your knowledge experience and really in terms of your experience. You know, so I say, you know, walk around town being mindful. You know, wear your Zen hat. Um, get your membership card at the Vipassana retreat. Whatever you want to do. Um, but be aware and be fluid and be open and be free. Because we really can use anything that is available to us. And you know, read about energy healing and meet with different teachers different things and it is a good idea to lock in with someone who's going to take you there you know um like for example we're starting a new uh, martial arts my wife and i are going to this jkd jeet kundo invented by bruce lee and i studied this a long time ago and we found a guy and and in here in san diego and we're going to see him tomorrow and i talked to him on the phone and he's oh i'm i'm at a tenzin wangel retreat right now i'm like tenzin wangel the bumpo lama who is like Zogchen master and friends with my teacher and he said yeah he just walked by I just gave him a hug and I'm like I like this connection I'm spiritually thirsty I really want to hang out with people who are serious about a path you know there was a, a podcast I was listening to on you know, like marketing and this and that and the guy's like do not go into business with anyone who doesn't want to make money as bad as you do and I'm thinking like Lon Champa said this, do not hang out with people who want enlightenment as bad as you do. Do not hang out with people who are not practitioners. I mean, I guess if you can, if you can handle it, if you can stay on your path while people are doing their greedy trip and, you know, what have you, um, go for it. And it's good to be around people that, you, that support you. I'm kind of a, a sole practitioner these days, but, you know, I connect with my teacher and a few practitioners in the lineage and but I try to just practice all the time bring my bring my teachings to fruition uh, wherever I find myself easier said than done but um, that's the path I'm on and you know I went to the chiropractor the day I got this acute TMJ couldn't even close my jaw shooting pain in my ear my chiropractor did a couple of adjustments in my hips lower back shoulders neck massage my jaw and I'm like boom Guy opened up my chakras, man. Opened me up. The energy went like a relief. You know what I mean? And I'm into that. You know, I've done a lot of different things. Shamanism, acupuncture, you know, Tibetan healing bells, bowls, and what have you. So the categories of teachings are endless. The entrance doors to the vehicles are innumerable. 
unless we can practice the essential meaning. So if you really, if you get confused by going to a bunch of different teachings and you want to just try to do one thing that's really good, just don't be rigid, don't be tight-assed, and don't be brainwashed. Understand the essential meaning and find that, find that fluidity that is part of the spiritual fabric of all of it. I mean, we can say, well, it's all the same. It's just using different labels. And that is a complete crock of stupid bullshit. They're not all the same. There's a lot of different views. There's a lot of different practices. There's a lot of different systems. A lot of different rules. Different cultures. Different times. But there is an essential meaning. And if you understand the essential meaning, then you can be chill wherever you are. You must tame your own shortcomings and cultivate impartial perception for a biased attitude will not let you shoulder the Mahayana teachings. Since all the sentient beings among the six classes in the three realms have without exception been your own parents unless you make pure aspirations with ceaseless compassion and bodhicitta, you cannot open the jewel mine of altruistic actions unless you generate a devotion towards your kind guru exceeding even that of meeting the Buddha in person you will not feel the warmth of blessings. Unless you genuinely receive the blessing, the seedlings of experience and realization will not sprout. Unless realization dawns from within, dry explanations and theories will not help you achieve the fruit of enlightenment. In short, unless you mingle your mind with the Dharma, it is pointless to merely spout, sport a spiritual veneer. So I hope that you can mingle your mind with the Dharma. It's my point and my aim in sharing my teachings with you, the teachings that I follow and practice. And hopefully this helps you in your day and gives you some ideas. Friend me on Facebook. Like the Facebook page. I've got Darren Littlejohn Yoga, the 12-Step Buddhist, 12-Step Buddhist group on Facebook. I've got the uh, Get Abundant Energy in 10 or 21 days, depending on which one you want. That's available. Um, give me an email. Say hello. And let's talk soon, you guys. All right. Until then, be wellness.